talking so fast you can run his podcast at point five. Results are conclusive, just know that he argues both sides. His GM is a shadow of his normal self. Doppelganger stealth. Hello everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Shadow of the GM Podcast. In today's episode I've got two two new callers actually, I don't think um, Darren's called an either, but I've got Darren Green uh, calling into my show about the recent GURPS game that I ran for them for After the End, and a new caller, LK, who's from the Easy GURPS and also the Randall Sea Heroes website uh, talking about GURPS as well. So without any further ado, I should get onto them before we get onto the main body of the show. Alfred here, just calling in about your latest episode about the role versus role. Um, I think the session went really well. I don't think the roles got in the way. I think roles definitely can make some more interesting situations when they they go particularly well or they go wrong. Um, I can see that if in a, a group that's that doesn't know each other so well, maybe there could be some sort of um, uncomfortable situations if one player's making lots of roles and others aren't, or they feel like they're having to make roles when others aren't. So I think the only thing with some of these games is consistency. So if the GM's consistent and everyone makes roles when they feel they need to, I think it works fine. Thanks. Hi, Arafed. Thank you for your message. Yeah, I mean... I think that's the key. I think hopefully consistency is what helps. I think, to be fair, the main comment that came was a player who was rolling a fair amount was feeling like he was hogging the rules. And actually, I don't think he really was. It was just the things he had to pick were things that required rolls in those situations. Um, so I think that was more them feeling a bit like they were doing most rolling. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those. There will be a case where, I mean, obviously, I don't know whether this, this session is going to go fully because I am giving you very much a sandbox to play in. I mean, there is a plot and you are more or less following it at the moment anyway. Um, and if you follow it the way it's envisioned in my head, you all get your moments to shine really with different things that are going to come up. But that doesn't mean you have to, and that doesn't mean you still won't anyway. Um, so the plan is to, you know, when I try and design my own adventures, the idea is that if I know the party beforehand, I try and bring up these opportunities where you get to use your particular talents. So, you know, if someone, you know, if it's a sci-fi game and someone's a starship engineer, they've only got engineering skills, you know, if I won't do whole episodes where we're just doing, you know, ground combat or space combat, there will be stuff in there where they get some sort of, you know, ability to use it. And, you know, I try not to contrive it too much. It needs to fit in with the plot of the game, but the idea is to try and not marginalize them just because they pick some sort of niche abilities. I mean, hopefully people don't pick complete niche abilities anyway. Um, but the idea is that you know there will be situations where some characters who maybe like won't be as good at combat won't get into the fights as much but then there will be their moments where they can do stuff where the fighty type characters won't you know be as needed and it, that seems fairly common for most rpgs really it's not a garbage thing is it as you'll probably know yourself um but yes thank you for the calling and thank you for the kind of reassurance that i'm not making you roll every five seconds for <laughs> things needlessly um it's one of those comments you do hear uh, for the people about you know rolling too much and everyone doing rolls etc and i don't think that's what happens in these games it certainly doesn't feel it from my point of view as a gm but you know everybody's opinions vary and those sort of things so it's good to know that you're enjoying yourself anyway i should move on to my next caller now let's listen to lk a uh, new caller to my show as well 
Hey Barry, new listener here. I liked your uh, segment on the GURPS rules you had wrong there. That's uh, Everybody gets stuff wrong. It's a huge rule set, and nor should you be using all the rules anyways. And house ruling is always good, I'm sure. People get uh, often pretty bent out of shape, I know, when people get GURPS rules wrong, but <laughs> there's so many. On the flip side, I suppose you could maybe be house ruling saying that uh, your, your players there had... Uh, positive modifiers to their skill which did maybe bring them up above nine when they moved and attacked you can massage the, the target numbers i suppose uh, as you see fit being the game master it is your game as long as you're having fun keep up the great work anyways take care hey barry i like what uh, you said about the balance between theater of the mind and miniature play um, i think you hit the nail on the head by saying you know, you kind of have to draw out uh, positions of monsters and players, at least show everybody where they stand in relation to each other. But I think beyond that, maybe the sweet spot is just leaving it at that and just describing the rest. Because uh, this seems to encourage people to use the scenery more. You know, let's say, like, I, I leap I leap off the table and I swing from the chandelier and uh, and tackle this bad guy in the back corner here. Whereas if you had that laid out in miniatures, you know, you'd have to think about having a chandelier, I suppose, uh, hanging from your 3D terrain and it just gets, you know, you're no longer role playing. Anyways, uh, great podcast. Keep up the good work. That was LK there from a relatively new podcast on Anchor called Easy Gurps. He also has the Randos to Heroes website, which he refers to as well on the show, uh, which is a lot of information on randomly creating characters in Gurps. Um, and it's been quite cool listening to his episodes. Uh, I suggest you go and check them out, especially if you're a Gurps fan or you're interested in old school playing, because he, you know, he is playing an old school style hex crawl with Gurps using low level characters. It feels a bit like a zero level funnel the way he starts off, although his characters um, haven't really got into combat yet in the session. Not that I've heard, I've not finished Silton to the second episode, but no real combat kind of got in at that point. Um, but yes, they are working their way through, and it's quite a cool system he's got there of kind of hex crawling. But anyway, I don't know about his show, but <laughs> talk about my own here. Uh, come on. Um, so yeah. What to say, yeah, talking maybe first about the theatre of the mind thing, yeah, I think I have really kind of gone back to that a little bit now. So um, I'll talk a bit more about that when I talk about the Fancy Gurps game, but using a bit more in the Thursday game that I'm running now, I've gone back a lot more to that theatre of the mind setup and that one too, uh, and I'm kind of enjoying it as a GM. It's hard to say with the players if they prefer they prefer the battle maps. Um, I haven't really asked them for feedback, to be fair, um, but I might sort of ask them and see if they have a preference around that. Um, like I said, I was quite enjoying it with the OSC game we're playing, so I'm kind of sort of leaning that way. As for the getting the rules along kind of thing, yeah, I mean, it's kind of that episode was a bit tongue-in-cheek because, you know, there's going to be bound to be stuff that I forget. I'm used to I forget the shock penalty on a regular basis when I do remember the shock penalty. I then forget that some of the characters have high pain threshold, which means they don't <laughs> suffer from the shock penalty. Although, the more I get these things wrong, uh, the more I get better at doing them right next time, and it's making me actually better i guess a smoother kind of gm running the gurps games uh, since kind of doing those sessions so it's kind of one of those things that you definitely learn through doing it i think a lot of people who recommend gurps just say throw yourself in just start playing just start doing it and that certainly has helped me kind of learn through making mistakes getting things not quite right and stuff i'm definitely picking up the rule set a lot better that way and there's always going to be things yeah i always forget another thing i forget that gurps has lots of suggestions about you know sort of on the fly modifiers around about if something's easier if something's difficult there's kind of set sort of modifiers you can just add in there to kind of you know increase or decrease the difficulty level if you want to just do it more on the fly so yeah there are things you can put in there and 
you're right, absolutely right about it. It's just that having fun thing. So the reason why I was thinking about changing the rules slightly for the Dungeon Fantasy style sort of fantasy game, even though we moved away from the DF kind of main rule set, um, is that the idea is these characters are meant to be heroic. When we when we set the premise up for that game, the idea was the world's a dark and grim place, but the heroes are actually fairly heroic within that world. Um, so there's lots of like you know poverty, lots of you know doom. The whole world's kind of degenerating as evil forces move in, but the heroes themselves are actually really competent and really kind of heroic, and that's kind of playing through. So letting them be better at fighting through that thing kind of really fits with that image we've got of those characters. So you know just doing that, we're having fun, we're playing the game, and they all seem to be enjoying it. So yeah. I think with my advancing age, because I will say I'm really old, not really, but you know, getting there, that, you know, I'm a bit more chilled out about doing those kind of things. I don't really stress so much about worrying about, you know, missing out rules and getting them wrong. Because I kind of reel back to the thing, oh, I got that wrong. I kind of give myself a hard time, but more, I guess, in a joking way these days now, more than a really serious or sort of reprimanding way. Uh, it does help that although we've got some garbage players in there, they either, you know, aren't themselves too competent enough in the rules to kind of pull me up on stuff or just nice enough not to pull me up on stuff and they don't really pull me up and say, oh, that's wrong, that's not right. They just sometimes ask about, oh, is this how this works, that how that works, just double checking things, which is really the nicest way to do things. And we often have a little back and forth conversations about stuff in between, but no one's really confrontational in the group, which helps. So yeah, fun group. And you're absolutely right. That's the key thing is to kind of have fun when we play. So thanks again, LK, and keep up the podcasting. And I will be following your show avidly now that I found you on Anchor. So the rest of this episode, I plan to dedicate a bit on sort of updating, giving you an update on my two fantasy games. So one is the Thursday game I'm playing regularly in Foundry, and the other one is the game I'm playing effectively now just with my six-year-old son, although my seven-year-old, so my 11-year-old, is sort of tempting it out to rejoin it and stuff. He did sort of temporarily come in. And my four-year-old daughter, when she's bored, comes in and plays as well. So it's a bit of an interesting <laughs> mix in there, but mostly with my six-year-old, the game we're playing there, and just talk about some of the fun we've been having with those and give us updates. And last little bit at the end is about my sort of... Um, um, thinking and some sort of plans of maybe doing a parallel podcast as our brother podcast if you like to this one maybe doing some actual play solo plays and if people want to play actual plays with me as a group i'm happy to do that too but initially i think we'll be doing a bit of a solo play so i shall talk about that as well so let's talk first about shadows of mercandia which is my fancy name for my thursday um gurps fantasy game basically um so the, we were a player down this week, so we only had two. Now, one thing I do like about GURPS is, you know, and this is a generalization, so don't shoot me down if you disagree, is that, you know, if you play games like D&D, playing with two players can be a bit more challenging. Um, if you don't have the party four, party of six, whatever, it can be quite difficult, especially if you're playing preset adventures. Yes, okay, they're not a preset, maybe you can scale up and down, but I always found it a bit of a struggle with other games to sort of balance things off. Eh, maybe there's an element of this today when we talk about another session, but I feel with GURPS it's easier because there is no, there's no real requirement on niche protection so much, etc. the way the skills and things work in it. Um, I mean, for example, we tweak the rules a little bit around this game where the wizard effectively from the Dungeon Fantasy set, we moved away from the Dungeon Fantasy prerequisites and limitations to open up to the GURPS magic things so you can cast healing spells, which if you use Dungeon Fantasy is kind of excluded from the wizard to kind of give that bit of niche protection towards the cleric class, for lack of a better word, in the Dungeon Fantasy setup. But because we we didn't have enough players, nobody wanted to play a cleric, it made sense to go back to the sort of default basic set GURPS magic system and allow him to do that. And it's just a case of like tweaking it because this is a fun with GURPS. It doesn't break anything. He still has to spend points to learn the spells. It's not like a game changer, a weird thing, anything like that. So it worked really well. But anyway, enough sort of divergence on that one. Um, so this session essentially took them to explaining to the entire league about 
why they had destroyed the crown of eternity uh, which was a special magical item they're supposed to be retrieving and then they got summoned they got rescued they were gonna they were gonna start a fight basically they were gonna spell for a fight with the league um which they possibly would have you know fought their way out of there was definitely a chance with it but uh a reprieve came in the form of a chamberlain who came to summon them to the governor of the city um, basically because he had some sort of you know mission for them they have themselves remembered something. So there was a plot point earlier on where in the very first session we ran, there were these metal skeletons that had these sort of like crystalline structures inside that glowed green, which would absolutely no way rip off some Necrons from Warhammer 40,000. Anyone who says that, you know, can see me in court sometime. Um, but they maybe slightly ripped off from that. Um, that, that. I thought they'd totally forgotten about. And it was quite funny to hear, it was quite interesting more to hear one of the characters bring that up. And this has now sparked them off on a sort of side quest, for lack of a better word, into investigating more around this. And so now they're heading to the city of Lancastle, north from Drake, near where they are. Um, and then what happened? for the rest of the session was essentially a random encounter so they had the random encounter where there was an injured person in the road and it was interesting to debate at that point in time as to whether you run said person down with your carriage or you carry out or you stop and help them or you go around them etc the carriage driver being a zero level type a wimpy commoner who gets you know risks being killed by bandits on the road all the time was very much in favor of the idea that they ride over said person don't worry about them because at the end of the day they're just a farmer looking person he doesn't really care about them more than his own skin the party in true heroic style decided to go and investigate and they found out that this person's village had been attacked and they basically escaped with his life so they went to investigate the village now sort of long story short they effectively found the village had been overrun by um, blight corrupted creatures who were congregating in this meeting house and so an interesting situation ensued where they went into the, the village, looked around, set, uh, tried to what they did. They fired lightning at the building, first of all, to try and burn it, which unfortunately didn't catch fire. We had a bit of a roll to see whether it would catch fire. Again, making rules upon the fly here for this one. There, might, there are, will be rules and groups somewhere for how you set things on fire, but we just did it on the fly because why would we still down a game to read up rules? Um, which didn't work in the end. Um, and so in the end, it did summon out the creatures that were in there. Now, there was me thinking, you know, there's three of them. Because um, it was three players, we saw kept the three characters there because just ran them as an NPC, so the player can still be there next time because it makes more sense logically for them to follow them. Um, versus now there were ten of these chaos creatures and one sort of heftier looking one in armor that was there who was also casting spells. Were they discovered? So I thought they'd be sensible and not maybe fight them on. <laughs> but yes, you know, as per usual with heroes, not sensible charging in to kill and get into fight. So result being that uh, came close to a TPK. To be honest, it was a very hefty sort of close run thing. But they survived in the end. The wizard went down. Their other, the Kitsune character almost went down as well. Their fighter had taken some damage. It was getting a bit hefty, but in the end, the the dwarf um, monster hunter basically was making a beeline for said spellcaster. So he decided to make a retreat because he wasn't planning on dying that day. This was meant to be a small excursion for him. He wasn't expecting such a sort of fairly capable group of people to turn up. Um, the fun part for me was playing a spellcaster. One of the things I'd realized playing recently was that they were the only spellcaster in combat and I've not been using any and I think they were finding it was making combat probably a bit too easy. Not they were finding it. I was thinking combat was a bit too easy because I didn't have someone else throwing off spells, etc. So it was fun to kind of add that mix in and play around with it. It is interesting to notice on GURPS that the numbers do make the difference I thought they would, which was that it was quite difficult for them to do things. I mean, the spells help with the area effect kind of spells and stuff, especially if you can stun and, you know, immobilize people using some of your spells and things. Um, but it was quite fun. It felt a bit more to the wire, which for me, I quite enjoyed it. Hopefully the players enjoyed it as well, but we shall have to see from next time. But yeah, that was a bit of fun 
in that session, but interesting. Uh, so it's another one of these sessions where this was just a random encounter, had to make it all up on the fly, had to generate the creatures on the fly, um, which was fun. And, you know, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes with some sessions, trying to make these things up. But the fun thing about GURPS is you just roll three dice and the lower, the better. And that's kind of how we run it. So, yeah, that was it for the Mercandia adventure anyway. So the second fantasy game, just to talk about quickly, give the recap to you, is that like I said, the one I'm playing with my six-year-old son, where the 11-year-old actually originally made the plot where they were going to collect these magical items and then try and defeat the Dark Lord. So my son has decided, we did a random sort of Temple of Elemental Evil kind of skit type thing where he ended up, if you've ever played that thing, going down a special throne that takes you right down to the lower level where the Fungus Queen is hiding. Um, and he actually set, set her free initially. Um, so he then went on a side quest to re-imprison her, which was a little fun thing we did. It wasn't really i don't really play it massively seriously with him because of his age and um, but it was a fun little side mission that we did with that um and he's now decided that he wants to um basically some of the dark lords army to a city and do a big massive battle which is where we're kind of heading to next now uh, this game is very complicated in a way because it's all pretty much done on the fly and it's done usually in the car whilst waiting outside supermarkets whilst my wife's doing the shopping so it's always good fun to <laughs> throw those things together it's entirely theater of the mind what was a lot of fun in the session is that um so with GURPS, the criticals are probably rarer than some other settings, depending on your skill levels, um, and it does vary because of how, you know, sort of balanced or weighted the dice rolls are towards the midpoint, which is something that Rob Menus commented on, um, talking about GURPS in his episode, because um, you're usually rolling that sort of 10, 11 sort of range more than anything else. However, in that very small session I did with my son most recently, he had a triple one at one point in time for this massive critical success. And then about three rolls later, he rolled a triple six for a massive critical failure. And he loved it. He was absolutely, the smile on his face each time, even the failure, it made him laugh so much because of getting those rolls and how rare they are. And I think that's one of those things that's like, you know, he, I do sometimes miss with GURPS, they're not having the polyhedrals, but sometimes getting those dice rolls and those things get exactly the same reaction. And if you think about the probabilities of getting a triple one or a triple six on 3d6 as opposed to d20, that that particular rolls are a lot rarer. I know with GURPS you can critical on, you know, four, five, six, depending on your skill levels. And likewise, you can critical fail on a 17 and sometimes a 16 and a 15, depending on how bad you are, a particular skill as well. But the fact is that, you know, those triple threes and triple ones are great when they come up. And so it was good fun. I think that's the main thing I want to say about that game is it was the fun look at his when we had those um we have had a few criticals as well in the other fantasy game and it was fun kind of seeing them come up because they are a bit rarer but it does make them all that more special uh, i mean the other week in the other fantasy game the wizard when he went to heal someone uh, that he critically failed his spell casting role so one of the things about the GURPS basic magic system is that when you cast a spell, you have to make a check every time you cast, so basically it's a skill rule effectively to cast your spell, um, which some people might say is cumbersome, but it really kind of works. To me, I really enjoy it because there is this thing, um, and it fits with the mood of our game as well, where something can go wrong, because what happens is, um, again, it's a very Warhammer-inspired setting, just to put that in context. So if you roll really badly on a spell failure, you're effectively tapping into the Blight, which is possibly the Warp, if you've ever played Warhammer and therefore this is where the evil bad stuff kind of comes from and so making those critical failures is kind of that perils of tangling with that sort of forces and so it fits in really well with that system and so i really enjoy those kind of things around the spell casting and the fact it could all just go terribly wrong that's that kind of idea about those spell failures which we've seen other things like the black cat and things as well where we have those kind of i think it's in the black cat where those critical kind of failure tables for those spells as well but yeah that's the main thing about it and a lot of fun that we had with that game so the last part of this slightly rambly episode um it's a little bit about my thought experiment. So if this is if this is not interesting to you, feel free to skip this part of the episode and just carry on to whatever you want to listen to next. But I've been thinking for a while that I would love to do a bit of a GURPS actual play because there aren't so many out there. Um, and I have recently 
got a guest slot on another podcast to do one episode of theirs which hopefully should be coming out soon but i was also thinking about do a bite the bullet and try and do some sort of actual play style stuff now uh, take the leaf out of andy goodman's book uh, for adventure to for expedition to the grizzly peaks is to maybe do a different channel uh, on anchor so that people don't have to listen to it if they're not interested but still put it out there now because i know some of the players i've got might not be interested in doing an actual play my first thought was to just experiment with it as a solo play so i had started a while back a uh, sort of mythic greece inspired solo play game which had started so my plan was to resurrect that a bit and probably do very short even sessions of that where i basically do that as a solo play and kind of play out the characters and the npcs it could be awful it could be fun if nothing else for myself and um, i don't know if anyone wants to listen to it or not but my thought is i might give that a try and then if people do want to do a girl to actual play with me even the players i'm playing with just now i want to start doing some actual play stuff in the sessions we're doing i'm more than happy to do it but what i don't want to do is throw people in the deep end who are already playing on games and say when i do this is an actual play but i want to try and maybe show them that i'm doing it if people have an interest in them kind of maybe take it from there uh but yeah i just want to kind of raffle on about it on here and kind of put out there uh, on the show and then you know happy for feedback and people say no that's a bad idea that's a good idea as i said this was also partly spurred on by i don't just literally been having this thought then i stumbled across um lk's podcast lk i don't know what your proper name is if you want to tell me the best way to refer to you i don't mind if you're happy with lk i'll stick to that um his easy gurps thing with his randos to heroes kind of really i heard him doing it and i thought yeah this is exactly what i want to do with gurps uh, not exactly the same way because it's slightly different but that kind of idea about maybe sort of doing the exploration and people can hear me playing through the game and talking about the skill checks and things they're doing people can hear about gurps being played i guess by somebody else playing it and um, it'd be good to deal with a group of people but certainly initially to do a solo play i'm maybe trying not to talk quite as fast when i do it but we shall see <laughs> anyway but yeah just put that out there now in the anchor sphere and see what sort of feedback if anything i get back from it so but that's it now for this episode So that's it for this week's episode. Let's see if I can start getting these episodes back to more regular schedule again. Uh, if you have any comments or feedback, feel free to contact me on anchor.fm slash GM Shadow, where you can leave me a voice message. If you don't like Anchor's one minute limit, you can also email me a voice recording to gmshadow at hotmail.com. Uh, if it doesn't come through, give me a shout. Let me know that you're sending them so I'm aware that I get them. You can also just email at gmshadow at hotmail.com if you want to pass me on. Uh, I'm also hanging around on Twitter at gmshadow. I like my branding, as you can see. And I'm also usually kicking around a lot of discords i'm on the um ic discord i'm on the foundry discord i'm on gurps discords gaming ballistic uh che webster's roleplay rescue one just to name but a few that are kicking out there so again if you can if you want me try to look me up on those and give me a shout and you know ask me any questions or give me any feedback and i'm always happy to hear feedback so until next time people keep on gaming mm-hmm.